I'm trying to follow Tom's footsteps. I'm going to use my iPad to preach for him today. So, Tom, I'm, yeah, you're been equipping me well, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for your word, that it, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. And Lord, we thank you that today as we get in your word and as we talk about the journey that you have us all on. Father, I pray that things, light bulbs would come on today. I pray for revelation. I pray, God, that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation today. God, I just declare wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. I thank you, God, that revelation brings transformation. I thank you, God, that you're going to speak to our hearts. And, Lord, you're going to download things inside of us today that's going to catapult us further in our walk with you, in our understanding of your glory and who you are, and, Father God, into our purpose as well as, as we become an army that is, God, prepared for battle. And so, Lord, be with us today. May you bless the reading and the hearing of the word today, that it might glorify and honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, today I'm going to, I'm taking a little, I was planning on sharing something a little different today, but as I went through the week praying and seeking the, the Lord's heart, um, several people, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to share something. And so today I'm going to share a little bit of the journey uh, many of you and many people even in the community, they have told me, they said, Eric, we, we heard what Joel went through in his trial when he was paralyzed uh, from his hips down, your son, but we want to know, what did you go through? What did you and Karen go through? And so today I'm going to get a little vulnerable with you on the journey that Karen and I went through on uh, the Joel's journey which was also our, our journey. Why am I getting emotional? <laughs> wow. And so, wow. <laughs> and so I'm going to get a little vulnerable with you today because I really believe that there's a purpose under heaven by why God is wanting me to be vulnerable with you today. Because I believe everyone in this room, every one of us, are going through a trial, are in a trial, coming out of a trial, or getting ready to go in one. And I believe God wants me to get vulnerable with my life so that you kind of see the steps that we went through so that today you can grab a hold of some meat. That when you're in your trial, we have a God who is faithful. That when you're in the midst of your trial, and so I hope that you'll take notes today. I hope you'll jot some things down today as we go through this, because what I think God's going to do is what, I, what I've sensed prophetically is light bulbs are going to come on, and there's going to be certain things that you need to grab a hold of today. There's certain things, of as I share the journey of what Karen and I walked through, there's going to be certain things that God goes, I, I needed that. And you're going to write it down, and it's going to be an anchor. We all need anchors. To hold on to, okay? And so today I'm going to share a little bit of that journey as my son was paralyzed from his hips down and, and what Karen and I went through and what began to go on in the inside of us to help us. Because here's what I believe. If God is raising up an army and he said, I want to, to make us soldiers, 
Part of the purpose of the trial is to make you a good soldier. Part of the trial that you're going through is to prepare you and equip you to go to the next level. And I don't know about you, but I know God has called this church to bring down some strongholds. Not just in our lives, but in the people in this region who need deliverance and freedom. And so I know we're being prepared by an almighty God. Amen? Can I have an amen on that? And so I'm going to talk about that a little today. And so, you know, when I look back, the last five to six months of my life was a little crazy. A little crazy. A lot of the trial that I'm getting ready to share with you, many of you only knew about the trial concerning Joel. And I'm going to start there, but I'm going to move into some other things to share with you what we were going through. Because then it's like, oh wow, there was a front on many sides that were going on. But you know that day when Joel called me from Hope College, and we we were we and he he shared with me, Dad, I cannot move my legs. I cannot feel my legs. When I first started on that journey with, with this whole process, that day, literally, I was meeting with Lynn and Tom in a meeting, and we were talking about the region, and we were talking about things, and, and, and as soon as that meeting was over, I took off for Michigan, and I started driving to Michigan, and, and Joel had said, uh, and bless him, Lord, he's at Smyrna Baptist, he's sharing his testimony, bless him today, God, anoint him in Jesus' name, thank you, forgot to pray for him, bless him. But at any rate, as I was headed to Michigan, I felt like my son was exaggerating his story. I thought, he said he was in a wheelchair and, and he couldn't feel anything. And I'm like, really? And so I'm driving four and a half hours to Michigan, you know, to, to go get my son and to bring him back to Indiana to get whatever was going on. And I'll never forget when I got to the dorm room and all these buddies are there and Joel's just smiling, he's, got a, he's in a wheelchair and he's smiling and I'm saying, what is going on? And you know, he's in a wheelchair, he looks great, looks healthy, he's happy. And then we go to take him into the truck and all of his buddies come to the truck and he's in a wheelchair and they pick my son up and his legs go limp. Oh my, what hit my heart. Oh when I saw his legs dangling limp, oh, wow, it hit me. Whoa, we have a problem in Houston. <laughs> he was not exaggerating. <laughs> and so they pick him up by his arms, and he's put, they're putting him in my truck. And if you could just imagine the legs just hanging limp. I was like, wow, what is going on? And so we've all been through trials, and we've all been through circumstances, but you know, for the next 11 days, we spent, I spent my time with Joel in the hospital for 11 days. I, two of those nights, Karen spent the night with him. The other time, I was there the whole time, praying, people sending emails, people praying, telling us, people sending information, uh, hey, could it be this, could it be that? Uh, people just, the body of Christ was wonderful. Hey, have you thought about this? And teachings and all kinds of stuff as we're praying in the hospital. But it was kind of a little crazy. Can I have an amen on that? But here's where I want to take you. It wasn't just a trial with Joel. 
the paralysis, the 11 days in the hospital, and that whole three-month journey was not just a trial about Joel. There was other things going on in my life. We had had many families leave the church. I don't know if you remember that, but we had an exodus of families that had left the church. That's really hard on a pastor, if you don't know that, by the way. You know, it is. That was a trial. Also in that period of time, uh, the church finances tanked. I'll never forget, remember, t t Tom uh, texted me and said, or emailed me, he said, hey, Eric, he said, there wasn't even enough for payroll this week. I said, well, it's either an opportunity to get in fear or faith. And so that finances of the church kind of for a couple months was really, really low. It was like, whoa, this is right in the middle of tr Joel's trial, P families leaving, the church finances took a tank. I had another immediate family member that was going through a terrible trial that actually took more of my attention in prayer than even what Joel did. It was much more painful. It was much more deep. And so I was going through another personal issue with a, with a family member at this time, a great trial that I won't go into. Is it okay being honest? I, uh, the church flooded. Thousands and thousands of dollars to fix this back here. We didn't come to this church and ask for an offering. No, the Lord took care of it. But it was another trial. The church flooded, and uh, we had lots of damage back here. Forgot about that one. I've made me a little list. Little. Church flooded. Lynn Furrow was... Uh, feeling led to go to Iowa, and we were in the middle of planning for what God wanted to do in this region. I was like, really? People leaving the church, Lynn, an apostolic leader over this region and this church, and he's now going to Iowa? That's interesting. Lord, what else you got? <laughs> but yet there was something in my heart as we were talking about what he was doing that we sensed the Lord was on it, even though we didn't like it. Anybody ever been there where you sense the Lord's on it and not necessarily like what's going on? But it was good. It was the Lord, and we knew it. And then there was this thing about my personal finances. Hmm. You know, I've always done, and really even before Dave Ramsey, as since I was a banker, I, I've had pretty much control over my finances for many years. Uh, out of debt, owe my own my home. And all of a sudden, my personal finances are just a little tight. All these medical bills start rocking in. And so we, you know, Dave Ramsey, I, we went beyond the five baby steps and have $1,000 in your savings account. I have three to six months living expenses in a savings account. I've got the Dave Ramsey plan. I've got God's plan in there. And so we were there. But we have a pretty high deductible. And the, the bills start rocking in, you know, and the, this church blessed us, and, and another church even blessed us with being able to stay at the other hospital. But all these expenses and extra stuff started to erode at that emergency fund, you know how that goes? And praise God, we met them. It, it was there, and, but it, you, what happens is when you deplete your emergency fund, you have to change your finances, and you got to start saving again in a larger degree to replenish your emergency fund. And you, you know what I'm talking about? And so you tighten up your budget so that you can do, you know, so you can be a good steward of your finances. So that was hitting on the door as well. 
And um, as you might think, I was needing some breakthrough and victory on a few fronts. Now, all this is going on all at the same time. There's a few other things that I could talk about that it really is irrelevant, but there were many, many things. My family and our church family was under attack. It really was. The battle was raging. And I was in need of some breakthrough and victory on many fronts. I was needing the kingdom of heaven and God's presence to clear the air so that I could hear his voice. So it was not just Joel's paralysis, although that was painful, but my natural family and my spiritual family was under attack, and the enemy was trying to discredit me and the purposes of this church and the ministry of this church. That's really what was going on. There was an assault. There was a scheming of the enemy to discredit the work of God and the ministry of God and what he was trying to do. You guys realize that? But here's what Deuteronomy 28 says. It says, though your enemy comes at you one way, he will flee in seven. (laughs) And I hung on to that, buddy. Though the enemy comes at you one way. But there was also, so so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of the things and some of the scriptures that I began to hang on to. Because the thing I realized is is that my battle was not against flesh and blood. It was not against people. The people who left the church, they were not the problem. Joel's paralysis was not the problem. Can I have an amen? The church finances, my finances, my family situation was not people, flesh. There was a scheming that was going on, a scheme to thwart the purposes of God. And here's where you want to may, may want to start taking notes. Because I'm going to begin to share with you the journey of faith. And the journey of the wonderful Word of God. The Word is an anchor to my soul. And so... These scriptures that I'm going to share with you, and we're going to read on the wall, (laughs) the writing on the wall, were just a few that I hung on to that you probably want to write down because in your journey that you're in right now, you can either lay down and quit, or you can learn how to fight. You can either lay down and quit and be a victim, or you can learn how to fight. And God prophesied over this church in June 2012 by Dennis Kramer, I'm raising up an army. I don't want you to babysit any longer. But get out the flak jackets, the hand grenades, and all the military stuff, and start raising up an army. Armies fight. Armies do warfare. Yes, we're a family, but we're also an army. And so 
I believe I was being prepared into helping this army because I had to get ready. I'll never forget the prophetic word Lynn spoke over me. You're getting ready to go to the next level, and God's going to begin to give you more authority over the enemy. Well, it's through the trial that we get prepared. Are you with me? Okay. So, <clears throat> here we go. The first scripture that we want to go to, if you have your Bibles, your iPhones, your whatever, turn to Ephesians 6 and verse 10, and we're going to turn there and we're going to look at what Paul said to the church in Ephesus. This is what Paul said. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. <laughs> Keep going. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's where your battle's at. So when you get mad at people, or you get mad at me, or you get mad at anybody else, just realize there's a spirit at work that's seducing you. It's not me. It's not the people that left. It's not Joel's paralysis. There is an enemy. I'm telling you, there's light and there's dark. There's evil, there's good. There is a devil, and the world's trying to make you think that there isn't, but he is alive and we're going to rip his authority right from him. He only has authority when we believe lies. And we believe a lot of lies, and that's why he has a lot of authority. And we got to kick lies out, and we got to declare the truth of the Lord, and we have to gain victory, and we have to do some spiritual warfare. I don't want to give the devil too much credit, because he is a defeated foe. And so I needed to put on the full armor of God, the scripture that we're just talking about here. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, because it does come, that you may be able to stand your ground thus far and no more, buddy. And after you have done everything to stand, <laughs> stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of our righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. <laughs> faith. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Mm. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. I will say my heavenly language was used a whole lot more in the last five, six months. Amen. <laughs> And so I needed to stand. I needed to put on the full armor of God and be reminded of these scriptures. I needed to pray in the Spirit. I needed to focus and mature my faith. <laughs> 
I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. When God's asking us to grow up, he's asking me as well. Can I have an amen? amen? And so we can either grow up and mature, or we can become a victim and stay in codependence. So that scripture was powerful in my heart. Let's also go to James chapter 1. You've heard me quote this many times. It's been a passage that has been dear to me for years and to you. James said, consider it pure joy, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you, Eric Haler, may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. <laughs> If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, <laughs> he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. <laughs> that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Wow. So, as I would be in the Scriptures... He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Forgot about that part. I don't want to be double-minded. Anybody else? You know, and the thing is, as he's raising up an army, he's raising up an army throughout, from our kids back in Camp Grizzly, to our teenagers, to our flips, to all of us. Every one of us have battles. Every one of us have trials. I know the trials the teenagers are going through. They got them as well, don't you guys? Yeah, absolutely. And the trial is there to produce and to test our faith to take us to the next level. Are you guys okay with that? <laughs> Let's read one more, and then I'll give you the one, two, three, four, five points that I got. Another pas passage is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. I hope you put these in your arsenal. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, <laughs> they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of our God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now I'm telling you, I had some thoughts that needed to be brought into captivity when it came to Joel's paralysis, when it came to the people leaving, when it came to the finances, when it came to my family, there were thoughts that wanted to run rapid. Thoughts like, he may never walk again. Thoughts like, wow, are we going to be able to pay the bills? Thoughts like, what if this situation in the family doesn't get better and it gets worse? What if? Anybody had the what ifs? See, the enemy loves to play with this thing right here. The battlefield of the mind. 
And if you don't learn how to get the racing stopped, if you don't learn how to bring every thought into captivity, you are like a tornado. You are like a whirlwind. Everybody say whirlwind. <laughs> and I've seen some people with some whirlwinds. And trials are part of the process of getting us on how do we capture. And I'm going to talk about capturing our thoughts, how we do this, and what worked for me, and I pray to God, and I know it'll work for you. Does anybody want some of that? So, so number one in the first point, as the thoughts are going through our minds and as we're in the heat of the battle, we're in the heat of the trial, number one, I just shared just three, I've got an arsenal of scriptures that I went to. Those are just three of my most favorites. If you want more favorites, I'm more than willing to give you them. Because what you need to get to a place in your life, you have to get to a place where that scripture, count it all joy, it comes right out of you. It comes out of your river. That you, you're just able to say, oh, I'm counting it all joy. James said joy. I know this trial is, my, is to my benefit. I know the word says what the enemy has meant for harm, that my God is going to work the good for those that love him. So I know it's not going to stay here. I know God's going to bring something to me. And those scriptures just begin to well out of me because I've used them for war. And if you don't have scriptures memorized, it's because you're not using them for warfare. Many people say, oh, I, just don't, I can't pull scriptures up. You're, the reason you can't pull them up is you're not using them for your benefit. They are a, they, they are a light, they're a path to you. And I use them to war. I pray these scriptures. That's why they come out of me. Count it all joy, brethren, when you undergo trials of many kinds. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But in time, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Why? Because I've been trained by it. That word is my first defense. Number one, hear me. The word of God got me through my trial. The word of the living God is a sword. It cuts. It's my battle. I mean, I, I ooh, Satan, you may say this, but ooh. You may say that, that, that Joel's legs aren't coming back. Ooh, woof. For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. For those who are in Christ. It's not a permanent situation. So number one, is the word of the living God, are you using it as
I strengthened myself in the Word of God. I just gave you a key to the kingdom army of God. (laughs) Let not the Word of God be taken callously. It was preserved for you through men of God. They hid it away in caves that you might delight yourself in the Word of God. Okay, point number one. You got it? Point number two. Karen and I did not freak out. (laughs) You don't have to go in panic mode. Yeah, I saw Joel's legs dangling and I went, oh, my goodness, this is worse than I thought. But number two, you do not have to panic. You do not have to freak out. You do not need to go into drama mode. Did anybody see Karen and I ever go into drama mode? You saw me go into drama mode? You did. Can you refresh my mind? Okay. You don't have to go into panic. Panic is fear. Now, I am not saying the enemy isn't talking. But you have to stay focused on the Lord. So, number two, don't panic. Don't freak out. Objects in mirror are not as close as they appear. It's really not as bad as you think it is. When Joel and I went to Chicago to RIC and we saw a kid's half of his head taken out, you all of a sudden realize you really ain't got it that bad. You know, but the enemy tries to make you think it's, it, it's, it's, it's over. It's history. It's not. Everybody say it's not. It's not. It's not. Praise the Lord for that. Okay, point three. You ready for this? I strengthened myself in the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life and over this church. I reminded myself of the call of God on my life and on my children's life and on this church and the purpose of God for them and for me. I remember Denny Kramer's prophetic word, and it was an anchor for me in my life. And I got part of it here today. I remembered the prophetic word that had been spoken over me. I'm going to read a little bit over. You guys okay with that? Because some of you need to get out your prophetic words. And if you don't have prophetic words, then we, we, we need to prophesy over you. I know the teenagers prophesied last week, and I heard several of them were right, like, right on. This is what the Lord said in June of 2012. The Lord would say, son and daughter, he's speaking to my wife and I, son and daughter, be bold, be aggressive, take no prisoners, show no mercy. Become militant, become military, for for I desire to give you not just a plan, but a strategy. The Lord would say, a strategy with tactics. You two are going to come into new power and new authority in the kingdom of God. I've seen an increase in power, and I've seen an increase in authority. I need more. The Lord says, I've put you here to be a light on a hill, even though there is no hills. You are a light on a hill, a light on a hill, a light on a hill. And the Lord would say, from this day forward, 
I will increase favor in the community between you, you and the people in this community. And the Lord would say, even some who have gathered against you to hinder you and even to curse you, I even reverse that curse. I break those words off of both of you that have hurt you and hindered you, and I declare you free indeed. And the Lord would say, my son, I want you to change your leadership style. I want you to change it now. I want you to be more confrontational. Some of you have not enjoyed that very well. I want you to get people to clean up their acts. I'm calling you guys, clean up your acts. I didn't... I don't want you to babysit them any longer. I don't want you to go to the closet and get diapers and bottles. I want you to clean out the closet, and I want you to fill it with rifles and hand grenades and helmets and body armor, army boots. I want you to raise up not a nursery, but a army. And so God would say, son, you've been honorable and faithful in all of your dealings, but I am now bringing you to phase two. I believe this is all part of phase two. And just to show you it's a supernatural thing, I'm going to begin to bring new raw recruits in. Fresh recruits from outside the community that are going to land right here. And God would say, you're going to train them and raise them up and I'll give you the recruits and you're going to turn them into true soldiers. If I wouldn't mind, if those who are new to the church in the last five, six, eight months, would you please stand up? There's more. Stand up. Yep, yep. And we got several that are here. Yep, there's several. Yep, yep. Jim and Teresa. And there's more coming. Thank you very much. And then he spoke to my wife. Oh, woman of God. (laughs) The word of the Lord is in you. And you've been pregnant with it for years. And now it's your time to name that baby. If it looks like a prophetic woman, if it talks like a prophetic woman, it's a prophetic woman. So God would say there, I'm going to begin to release the word of the Lord in and through you as never before. And I've seen this in our home. It hasn't manifested here yet. But I'm going to get into some of the dreams and the prophetic words my wife started giving us that were also anchors as well. So this prophetic word was very, very powerful. I could go on and on and on because there's so much, and Tom has done a good job of categorizing it from green. This is Tom's doing. Green is God's uh, work for the body of Christ. Blue is our region. Yellow is to Karen and I, and uh, it's, he does a really good job of organization. Can we thank Tom for that? Yep. Amen. And so I had to hang on this prophetic word that God has spoken over me as people were leaving, as Joel was in paralysis, as all this kind of junk was happening. And then I want you to listen to this audio. I've got an audio because then, a few months later, Denny, this same prophet who we had here in June, he then, he then calls me up on the phone. And this is another prophetic word that I had to hang on to as all this stuff was going on. Can you kind of go ahead and play that, Chad? Yeah. This is over the phone. Uh, is a good reason. Uh, yesterday, the Lord spoke to me uh, about you guys, and I went, huh. And then he spoke to me again, and I went, huh. And he spoke to me again, and I went, uh-huh. And this is God's pattern with me. When he repeats himself three or four times during a short period of time, it's often, uh, you know, 
uh, the Lord asking me to, you know, reach out and to make a phone call and to just kind of share uh, some things uh, for people. And uh, it's your turn, you guys. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. So um, uh, here uh, is, first of all, uh, what the Lord gave me. And then I've got a really powerful psalm. It happens to be Psalms 3. Uh, that I want to give you guys. Um, uh, what the Lord showed me uh, was that he is going to be a shield about you. The single word that he gave me was shield. And of course, I'll read that to you in a minute from Psalm 3, but um, he's going to be a shield about you. The power and the presence of God is going to increase. He is going to be literally a shield about you. Um, and this is uh, the psalm that the Lord gave me. You all know it, but it was very powerful. I know it's for you guys. Lord, how are they increased uh, who trouble me? And there may be an increase of a couple people that are going to trouble you guys. And many, uh, the psalmist wrote, were those who rose up against him. And many were saying of David that there was no help for him in God. Here's the verse for you guys. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. With my voice I cry to the Lord, and he hears and answers me out of his holy hill. I can lay down and sleep. I will awaken again because the Lord will sustain me. And you guys will not be afraid of tens of thousands of people who have set themselves against you. Arise, O Lord, save us, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. And salvation does belong to the Lord, and your blessing be upon your people. So I had a sense that there were going to be some murmurers and complainers, some people that are going to grumble against your style of leadership, that the Lord has positioned you guys and probably some of your other leaders uh, as the stewards, the overseers, the managers of that work, the elders, if you will. But you are not to be surprised if some folks rise up against you, even a bit of an increase in that area of people who will want to trouble you, but Lord showed me a shield about you two guys specifically. And it's verse 3 again. You are a shield, you are a shield, you are a shield for me. And all of this movement and shaking and quaking is just part of the kingdom. But the Lord wanted you guys to be prepared and protected that just in case it gets a little personal, you'll be able to say, hey, a prophet called us out of the clear blue. We didn't say a word to him about anything. And God promised uh, to be a shield for us. So I just want you to know that God's confidence in you guys has not lessened. Uh, he is fully confident uh, that you are to lead that church. You are. He is fully confident of the job you've done. And even though you may want to implement some changes and some kingdom adjustments you know, for the people of God there, not everybody may go along with it, but you 
are to know that God has given you the mind of Christ and that you are to pursue uh, what God has given you to do with the same spirit of excellence uh, that you have always had. So that's what God told me, and so I told you. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Prophetic words. Thank you. That's very good. You can shut yeah. You don't need to hear uh, my voice. That was an anchor for me, folks. As you see people leave and you hear complaining and murmuring within the church, and it happens in every church. Can I have an amen on that? But it should not be so in the house of God. I really want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because we need unity and we need to bind together in love. Because you know what? If there was a perfect church and then I showed up, or you showed up, it would be imperfect immediately. The only perfect place we have is in heaven. Amen. And we are growing and we're maturing in our walk with the Lord, all of us together. And, but that was an anchor. And I know that there are many here, you have prophetic words, you've had things that the Lord has said to you. I'm thinking of Gary Tower, where God, you has spoken to you, my friend, about your healing and your deliverance. There's been things where Jeff Hughes saw in a dream, you running up forward. You couldn't run right now if you had to. But you have to hang on the prophetic word, those things that the Lord has declared over us. I know, Chad, you preacher, 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 you, you, you know, the, the words, we hang on to them and we say, God, what am I to do in the process as you are working this work out in me? What am, how am I to be obedient? And so what I ended up doing is I ended up slowing my life down. Tom took on more of a greater level of responsibility when it came to the preaching of the word and all that kind of stuff. Don't you guys love team ministry? It really is a good thing. I, I lowered my profile and I began to do more praying, more seeking the Lord. God, what are you trying to do? As all these things were going on, and every one of us have it, and we have got to slow our lives down. Please hear me. One of the other points that I'm making is slow your life down. You don't have to do every, uh, everything in the, in, in, with, with everything under the sun. But I had to slow my life down, and I had to literally begin to seek the Lord. And these prophetic words were anchors for my soul. The other thing that I did is I began to increase my worship, my meditation on the Lord, and I chose to enjoy Him and not to blame him. I knew he was doing a work of training, faith building, and bringing increase. I knew Joel was going to get his legs back. It was just the wind. I knew the church would be okay. It was just the wind. I knew the murmuring and complaining would stop eventually. It was just the wind. Just a side note, not to spend too much time on there, but there are a few scriptures that talk about murmuring and complaining, and you don't really want to be on that side of God, just so you know. I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to say you have to listen to everything that I say. I'm just saying we need to hear God's voice in the journey and not fall into the murmuring and complaining. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. You're really falling into sin and you don't even know it. So I increased my worship, and then there was this, these prophetic dreams. <laughs> my wife was the queen of dreams, 
and she started getting dreams of Joel walking. I had dreams of, uh, there was a dream she had of other people coming to the church, new, these raw recruits as well. My dream, I've got to share this, and I'm sure maybe some of you have heard me tell it, but I'll never forget after Braxton had told my son he was going to walk on a Thursday, <laughs> and Joel had gotten a dream, the J23 dream, and we were looking in the calendar and trying to determine when this was. I'll never forget uh, my dream on that Monday before Joel got his legs back. And uh, in the dream, we were waiting on RIC, which is the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, to call us to see if we were approved yet for Joel to have inpatient care in the hospital. We were wanting to, we were wanting to get, why is his back hurting so bad? And, of course, why can't he walk? But we were really now zoning in on the pain. We had to get the pain level under control because Joel's back was on fire. I mean, I could literally no more than touch it like this, and he would jump crazy. I mean, I could run it right down his spine, and he would just jump in about three or four places. I mean, it was his nervous system was just on fire. And so we had moved away from the legs getting back, and we were like, we have got to address the pain issue in his back. What is going on? So we were at RIC. We consult with doctors, and we're waiting for approval for RIC to see if he'd be in patient care. And they said, I don't know if your insurance is going to pay for it. I don't know if they'll let him. But we're going to try to go for the gusto. We're going to try to get inpatient care. And if they don't do inpatient care, then we'll do outpatient. And so we said, okay. So we waited a whole week after we got back, and they hadn't called. I, I, I call them, and I say, hey, have you heard? No, we still haven't heard. And so then this following week comes, and on Monday night, I have this dream. And in the dream, I'm on the phone with a lady from RIC. Hello, this is RIC. I've got good news for you. You do? What is it? She goes, Joel has been approved for inpatient care. Woohoo! Joel walks out of the bedroom in my dream. He walks out of the bedroom towards me and is walking towards me. And I say, uh, ma'am, uh, my son's walking. She goes, what? And I said, my son's walking. Well, and she gets quiet. And I said, I don't know if we're going to need your services. <laughs> and she goes, oh, okay. I mean, she really was real hesitant. And she goes, oh, okay. And I said, I'll call you back. My son's walking. I hung up the phone. Me and Joel just embraced and we're crying. And I woke up and the dream was over. So Braxton at four said he's going to walk on a Thursday. Thursday was coming. We were standing on the 23rd. I get this dream, and it's like, okay, God, this is it. But then, doubt. Wednesday night comes. I have a facilities meeting out here at the church, and about six guys are out here, and we're talking about all the flooding damage and all the stuff we're going to do and how we're going to control the mold and how we're going to get this all taken care of and all that other garbage that was going on in the midst of it. And I tell the guys, guys, pray for Joel. We believe he's going to get his legs back tomorrow. I got out on the water. I got out on the water. Joel believes he's going to get his legs back. I didn't say I believe. Because <laughs> there was this voice going, I don't want my son to get disappointed tomorrow. I don't want his faith to be shaken. And then there was this conviction. No, Joel's going to get his legs back. So I told all the guys, I said, guys, pray with me tonight. I had fasted that day. I would told another guy, 
uh, on Wednesday. Joel's going to get his legs back tomorrow. He said, well, I'll fight fast diet Pepsi. I said, great, fast diet Pepsi with me. Buddy, we're going to get our legs back. Five thirty in the morning comes along. Joel walks in the bedroom. Glory to God. Amen. Joel walks in the bedroom. I freak out, get out of bed. We embrace, we hug, we love each other, and we embrace. And he's got his legs back. Yeah. Go ahead. What are the three ladies that had lunch with Joel that day? Where are you? Raise your hand. Stand up with me. Who are they? There were three ladies. Sarah, Carmen. There was another one. Ashley Brown was the other one. One of you guys called him and said, we want to take you to lunch. I think you were celebrating or something like that. He, he used his cane that day. Um, we had, Joel had been up from 3.30 in the morning. Actually, he never slept that night. We had wore him out so much that day, but when these girls were getting ready to come or go to lunch with him that day, Joel had to use our bathroom because he couldn't get his wheelchair. And so he's getting ready to go to lunch with these ladies, and he's got this towel around him, and he jogs through my family room <laughs> with a toga, a towel, to go to my bathroom, and I cry. I see him go, whoosh. And then I see him run back because he's trying to get to these girls' lunch. Three old ladies. Three old ladies. Yeah, yeah, three old ladies. I don't know what you guys did. But I can't tell you the joy. He had in his heart to go three, these three beautiful ladies to lunch with him. But for me as a dad, when I seen him, it wasn't run. It was jog, okay. But he jogged through my family room, and I'm sitting on the recliner in tears going, <laughs> Glory to God. You guys can sit down. Joel was up all that day, and we took him to dinner that night in Greenfield and celebrated. And by that time, when we got home that night, he wasn't walking real well. He was wore out. He got about 10 hours sleep the next morning, or by the next night. And by the next morning, that dude was up running, and he was up on the treadmill, and he was walking, and he was being filmed by Channel 13 and all that kind of stuff. Never used his cane again after that next day. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. His pain level on Thursday went from an 8 to a 4, and by Saturday morning, his pain in his back was completely gone. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The church finances turned around. We began to be able to pay payroll. God started sending raw recruits and new people and new people who would tithe and give to the kingdom and give to the cause and the vision of this house to raise up radical, aggressive, passionate yeah. lovers of God from the next generation. Amen. To raise up an army. And I believe God's going to send us more. And we've got to train and raise up. And we're going to get into, in, the, in two weeks, I'm going to start on a, a series of messages. And it's not going to just be me, but we're going to talk about some of the plan of raising people up and how we're going to do that. Amen? Because we've got to get serious about raising the army. Can I have an amen on that? So the dream, the dreams, the dreams, the dreams were a part of that, the vision. 
And then I wanted to share briefly, and then we'll wind down here, and then I'm going to challenge you in your own faith and your own walk. I really wanted my wife to be here so she could share some of what she went through because you guys need to see that prophetic woman is a wonderful woman of God. And I know you know that. <laughs> and I know you know she's a awesome, she's quiet, but boy, she's mighty. <laughs> and uh, I, I asked her to, uh, to just tell me what she went through as well. And one thing before I get into here, I, I just... There is nothing like being in your family room, in your recliner, and on the other side of the, the, my recliner is here, the TV is here, and behind me is Joel's bedroom. And there is nothing like hearing your son crank his worship music and cry out to Almighty God. I'm telling you, you talk about making a father proud. I'd hear him in there crying. I'd hear him in there just say, God, what's going on? But worshiping, cranking his music and declaring the praise of God. There's nothing like it. Coming to bed, and I'd come to bed and Karen have her earphones on, and I was here with her hands raised up and crying and worshiping the Lord. Oh, nothing does me more good than to see that. Those are the anchors as well. And you come to bed and there's tears of worship crying. Kids had no clue what was going on in our bedroom. <laughs> it was an intimacy with God. We'll put it that way, boy. Shoo. I didn't put that. I forgot that one. About my increasing my worship. But Karen, here's what she said. Eric, she said, the kingdom, the scripture that kept coming to my heart is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. She said, I stood on bringing what is in heaven to the earth. She says, I knew there was no paralysis. There's no fear in heaven. And she said, I strengthened myself in that. The word of God. She said, I also had a prophetic warning of a severe trial. But she said she knew God was going to get us through it and he was going to be the victor. Karen had gotten a prophetic warning from the Lord months before this all took place so that we were getting ready to go through a severe trial, and she pushed it off. She didn't even want to hear it. You know, She was concerned, and she didn't know what it was. But the Lord had told her prophetically that God was going to be the victor and that he was setting a stage. And so when it happened, that prophetic word came back to her, and the prophetic warning came back to her, and she stood on that and that was what she anchored her soul and strengthened herself in the Lord as well. And then, and she knew God's kingdom would prevail in the valley. She could feel the prayers of the people in our church and in our community. The community was big for her. Karen has many, many friends outside of this church. And she would receive a card every week from a lady with a scripture to encourage and strengthen her. Every week. This lady sent Karen a card with a scripture every week, faithful. It would come in the mail. Sometimes she would get two. She could feel the strength of others praying and warring with her and the value of friendships and the power of agreement. And here's where she really started to cry when I talked to her the other night. She said, it was worship, Eric. It was worship. Let's spell that W-A-R-S-H-I-P. War 
She said, this is where it was at, worship. She said, the worship songs I began to sing and praise the Lord in the storm. She said, David Crowder's song, I am holding on to you in the middle of the storm. She said, Ocean's Five song, I will call on your name as the oceans rise. It's all about praising God in the storm. She would visualize herself worshiping the Lord at his throne. And get this, she saw herself ice skating by the throne of God, worshiping on ice skates. She saw rainbows and collars around the throne of God that she'd never seen before. Worship. There is none like you, God. Worship. There is none like you. You have to get your eyes off yourself and your circumstances. And you have to declare who he is. Who he is. And you have to glorify him even if nothing changes. Are you with me, church? Oh, and yes, there were the dreams that Karen got as well. She had dreams of seeing Joel walk. I, ha- I protected her from the things that were going on in the church. I protected her about the finances. She didn't know about it. It was my trial. It wasn't hers. I just would tell her to pray for the church. But she worshiped. <laughs> and she saw dreams and visions and the scriptures that God put on her, she said, God does not work, or God works all things together for our good. And she knew that and she hung on to those things in the midst of the trials. And when there were doubts and fears, oh yeah, they were there, sure. This is how we strengthened ourselves in the Lord. This is the journey that we went through over the last six months. And I want to say, our God is faithful. Our God is true. But here's what I know. Man, I know enough about what's going on in people's lives. Many of you, you, you you're going through so many trials, There's, and, and you're like me, many fronts. It's not just one attack. It's not just one scheming of the enemy. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities. And there's many things coming from you at many different directions. And if you don't do the things that I'm talking about here, where you get in the Word and you worship, you slow your life down, you, re- you begin to do these things, what will happen is you will stay in the trial just like the children of Israel did for 40 stinking years. And you will become a victim and you will never overcome You will never become the warrior. You'll never become the soldier of God. You'll never move into your destiny the way the Lord wants you to move into your destiny. I have made mistakes. I didn't do, this wasn't a perfect ride. (laughs) I'm not trying to say it was a perfect ride, okay? But even in the imperfection of the ride, God is faithful and he's always there. And it was all about hearing God's voice. It was all about hearing God's voice in the midst of the storm. And the only way you hear God's voice is through his word, through other people, through worship, and through some of these things that I've shared with you today. And so my question is, is what are you going to do as you're in your trial? I believe, as if I go back to Denny Kramer's word, I'm a city on a hill, and I'm to share my example. I'm to share my story 
of what God has done. And he's no respecter of persons. He is faithful to all of us, and we've got to focus. We've got to focus on him and truly become who he's called us to be. Does that bear witness with anybody? Amen. So, God's raising up an army, and the question is, is are you going to be a part of it? Because if you're going to be a part of it, what you're going to do right now is you're going to embrace your trial and you're going to consider it joy because you know God's actually bringing something to you. You actually know this is part of the maturing process, that this is actually, oh, okay, I'll take that. Because what the enemy means to destroy me, God's going to do to mature me. Actually, it's an increase in promotion. I don't imagine if you were to go to the military today and, if, and you would get promoted if you hadn't been through a few battles. Actually, the generals that are in high ranking are the ones that have been through a lot of battles. And they know they can trust them to lead the brigade into what needs to be done. And so what I say right now is quit whining and complaining about your trial and embrace it. And say, okay, God, sign me up for the army. I'm willing to be in the army. Now what are you trying to show me? Because that is the thing that Tom and I always talk about. What's God saying in this? What's he trying to do? There's, there's something in this. And we've seen the end of our faith in this area, but there's just another one coming around the bend to increase our authority, our power, our glory, not our glory, his glory in us, so that we might do what he wants to do in this region. Because I'm telling you, there's a revival. And there is something that we're right at the edge of right now. We just need more people on board. We need a larger core in this house who will say yes and amen and quit the other crap and actually embrace the trial and say, I'm going to be a part of that army. And so I just challenge you, will you go with me through the trial and embrace it and say, God, do in me that which you... Because you know, here's what I, I found, and I could, I could preach forever on this. There was some junk in my life that had to be dealt with. There were some things he was refining in me. We'll save that for later. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's just pray. Here in a moment, I'm going to have the New Life team come up, and we're going to do a little thing before our dinner. But if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. I know Tom was talking about enlarging our capacity. And I know that this has been part of enlarging my capacity. I know the Lord, that Tom led us through a thing of repentance and how repentance was part of the reset button. But I almost feel in my heart that there's several here that need to repent of complaining not about the church but of complaining about your trial and that you need to embrace it I'm not saying that we embrace what the enemy's doing we embrace what God is doing Amen. in the storm 
Because if we do not see it as if that God is trying to do something in us, we miss the value of the trial. We, do, we miss the fruit of what he's trying to produce in us. We miss the changes that God is wanting to do in us. And what it does is it opens us up to other doors that the enemy wants to wreak havoc in our lives. Instead of closing those doors, we open more up because we don't embrace what God wants to do in us. And I just feel like there's a level of God forgive us for complaining. Forgive us for being victims. Forgive us for, for worrying about ourselves instead of worrying about your kingdom and what you have and what you want. This consumerism has got to die. We, the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, my situation has got to die. And God's kingdom, his purposes must become higher. So would you allow the spirit of God to deal with your heart right now? Would you just ask the Lord right now, Lord, in my trial, what do you want to do? Are you allowing yourself to be strengthened in the word and in worship? What is the Lord wanting from you today? What is he trying to get to you? So, Father, I just ask, would you release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over our hearts? We do not want to leave here today without making changes, without hearing your voice. And so, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts on what you're desiring to do in us and to get out of us. In the powerful name of Jesus. We're just going to be still before the Lord a few minutes here. Allow the Spirit of God to deal with your heart. Well, Father, we acknowledge you today that you are our commending officer. And we say yes, sir, to you. And Father, we will obey you. And I just pray, God, that this week that you would challenge all of our hearts to begin to go deeper with you in some of these keys that you've brought out today, God, so that we might become the army of God that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that today as we move into other areas of the service as we go into the meal. I even pray right now, Father, this meal that we're about to partake, that New Life School of Ministry has prepared for us. Father, I ask that you bless it. I ask, God, that you would use it to nourish and strengthen our bodies. And, Father, we just pray for the meal even now, that, God, you might 
be glorified in it, in our fellowship, that your presence would be here today in our fellowship and in God what they share with us. And so, Father, we thank you for it and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. What we're going to do, Alger, if you don't mind giving the mic, I'm going to have Julie. Um, <clears throat> do you, is there anything you want to say first, Julie? Okay. Julie is uh, Johnny Cawthon's daughter from New Life Church in, uh, in Anderson. And today we're going to be doing a fundraising dinner right now, right afterwards. But they're going to do just a, an Envision thing. And so if you would, please just stay with us. And we're going to let her share that. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Pastor Eric. Well, we have just been so blessed in our region with people from this church. We are just so um, amazingly, overwhelmingly blessed you know, with Tom, with uh, our youth camp, and Mike, and Ashley, and, and many of you who have come and been a part of us. And so it is so exciting for us to be here today and to be fellowshipping with you and to be a family on this side. Um, and so we are so blessed and just we really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Um, I'm the director of New Life School of Ministry, and uh, we are actually getting the opportunity to go to Kalmykia. And this um, place is a place with unreached people. Um, if somebody does not go, they really don't have the ability to hear the name of Jesus. And so God has just put it on our hearts to see this people, these people who he designed and destined to be before his throne, declaring that he is God, that he is worthy to be praised, and that they say, you are God and we praise you, and we want to play our part when it comes to these people knowing the name of Jesus. And so we have... Um, we're, we're a school where we just set aside time to just be radical disciples of Christ. And that, within that comes the Great Commission, that focus on missions of seeing the nations come to know him as Lord and Savior. So we have a dinner that we've got provi uh, provided for you that we hope you stay and be a part of. We're very excited about. Um, part of it, we've actually needed to bring our program in here. We've got a, a flag dance for you. And then we're going to play a clip. Um, about Kalmykia and have one of our students um, pray for that. So we just ask that you would just join with us because it's so powerful. You know, these these are the feet that are going this time. It's so exciting to have Joel and, and uh, Mike join us. I just want an amazing testimony of God's greatness and his glory. He is getting glory for Joel. And that gets to not stay just in this region, even though it's going around. But it is going to Kalmykia. It is going to the nations. God has a purpose and a plan. And, you know, that's just so much of what God is showing to us and just revealing in each and every one of us that he lives within us. The most high living God, creator God, who created you lives right here. So you have all the power. You have everything that you need to give him glory. And so just re realizing our true identities and stepping out in that and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do through me. I'm ready to go. And so that's what our students have been preparing to do and getting ready to do and so we just hope you enjoy this uh, program and uh, so we're going to go ahead and do let it start with me in the streets of every village every city soaring town empty people live in Every minute, every hour Hear the cry of desperation 
From a billion broken hearts With a need so great Where do we even start? Let it start with me Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, what we're doing today is the fundraiser dinner is um, really for all of these people who are here going. What we raised today for this dinner is going to be going to all of them, and it's a very expensive trip. Ju Julie, can you remind me how much it is? Is it twenty-five? About twenty-five hundred dollars a piece. So with ten people, can you imagine twenty-five thousand dollars? That's a lot of money. And you guys have been really faithful, I know, to already bless Mike and, uh, and Joel. But uh, today's dinner is lasagna. It's $8 adult, and it's um, 4 for kids under 12. And 
if you're at a place where you can't afford it, tell me. I, I want to make sure you're there. I, I've got, I brought some extra cash with me to help people, uh, but I just want everybody to participate that can. So, Thomas, what's that? Oh, the, the video. I'm sorry. I almost forgot the video. We'll show the video, and then we'll go eat. All right. Thank you. This is Kalamuki. Hi guys, my name's Taylor. You'll learn a little bit more about me, but uh, I'm a student at New Life. And before we go and, and feast, um, I'd like to just say a prayer for the Kalmyk people. Um, I would like you guys to join in as well um, to lift that nation up, that people group up. Um, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are and and all that you've uh, done for us personally, Lord, um, even whenever it doesn't seem like it, Lord, you work everything out for our good. And I, I thank you that uh, you've brought the Kalmyk people into our lives, that you've uh, made a connection, Lord. Um, and I thank you for, 
I thank you for creating them just the way that you created us. And I thank you that you're calling them out of the darkness. And I thank you that in a place where your light has not shined, you're delivering people out there to go, and not just us. People from all over the world are going into Kalmykia to spread the light and the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, they don't know your name, but you're making yourself known to them. And I thank you that you've given us the opportunity to, for those who have been able to go and those who are going, for those who are able to send and are sending, for those who, who pray and, and will continue to pray, Lord, I just thank you that you are calling Kalmykia forth, that you're changing the culture there. You're changing it from one that is oppressed and has no hope. You're calling them forth to the God who loves them and cares for them who created them from the foundations of the earth. Before time began, you had them in mind. And you're revealing yourself to them even now, Lord. Lord, so I, I just ask that you would bless that nation today, Lord. That you would continue to call them out of the darkness. That you would continue to shine your light. That you would continue to send people out there to go to them. That you would bless those that are over there that are that are doing the ministry right now, Lord. And I've seen it. And it looks bleak. But you're more powerful than anything on the face of this earth. And you can do it. And so, Lord, we thank you and we bless the Kalmyk people in Jesus' name.